Hey, well, good morning and welcome to Tri-Cities Church. I'm Wesley. I'm one of the pastors here and we're glad that you're here. If this is your first time here with us, welcome, welcome. And uh, hopefully I get a chance to meet you and shake your hand. I got a couple of um, just quick announcements that I, that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, not really announcements, just the, I don't know what you would call it, maybe protocol. Um, there, there's one of the things, if you're new to Tri-Cities Church, but if you're familiar with church, one of your questions that you may be asking is, um, how do they take up offering at Tri-Cities Church, right? Because you may be at a church where there were these plates that were passed or buckets that were passed from week to week. And, and so you may be wondering, how, do, how does Tri-Cities Church take up an offering? Or, or does Tri-Cities Church take up an offering? Or, or does, church, does Tri-Cities Church uh, need money to turn on the lights and open the doors and, and uh, pay electricity bills and pay rent and all those kind of things? You, you may be wondering some of those, those questions. I, I think I might be as well. Uh, if I were if I were sitting where you're sitting, but but hey, trust me, I see the the, the uh, rent come due and the utility bills come due and all that kind of stuff. It's just kind of like a child and a parent, right? A, a child doesn't a child leaves the lights on, and the air conditioning is high as low as it can be. You know, house is nice and cool, but parents are watching watching the bills and they know the need. Um, the reality is, uh, giving is a big deal at Tri Cities Church. In fact, God's mission requires generous people to give to it to make it work, right? This world requires, that's just the way God designed this world. God is a generous God. The world was created on the principle of generosity. God gave in order to make this world work. He continues to give so that this world continues to exist and is sustained. But he's handed over to us this generosity principle that he's given us. And he's challenged us to give, not just so that the world continues to be in existence, but that this world is made better. And the primary medium that God is choosing to do that is through the church. And so if you're wondering whether Tri-Cities Church needs uh, financial support, whether we believe that the scriptures teach giving, the answer to that is yes. Yes, um, the scriptures do teach us uh, to give, that that is an act of faithfulness to God, that when we give um, uh, to God's mission in, in this world, that we're acting faithfully and we're declaring with our wallets or our pocketbooks, our checkbooks, our bank accounts, that God, I will trust you with everything that is within me. There's these stories in the scripture about people that gave out of their need, right? They had an abundance of need and out of that um, they gave and they trusted that God would supply their needs. Giving is a sign of our, of our faith. And so at Tri-Cities Church, yeah, we don't make a big deal about, about giving, but giving's a big deal. And so uh, I think Paul mentioned it earlier, these buckets on the table, that's what those are for. Um, it really, anytime you're in this building, right, you can give. Any, anytime that you, you're in this building, you can just drop it in that bucket, and I promise you it'll get to the, the right place. Another way you can give is online. If you go to our website, tricitieschurch, tri-cityschurch.com. If you go to our website, uh, there's a link there that can take you to a place where you can give. You can even set it up with reoccurring giving. If you're like me, um, before I got married, I was always um, forgetting to bring my checkbook because I just don't carry cash, right? And I can't swipe my card and all that kind of stuff. I was forgetting to bring my checkbook to church and I uh, didn't have checks to give even though I desired to. And I would forget. I'm just going to be honest with you. I would forget. And then when I got married, my wife started taking care of the finances. And, and she is on time. And I'm thankful for that. Um, yeah, amen. <laughs> I, I, I am one step closer to being faithful to God because I got married. Uh, and and I, I praise God for that every day. 
It's those are two different ways you can give at Tri-Cities Church. If you, if you give, I, I thank you and, and challenge you to continue giving and even increase your giving as God meets your need. If you don't give, I challenge you to, to try and see how God will meet your need and how God provides for the needs that we have in our lives. Amen. Second thing that I just wanted to address just, just briefly. Uh, one, one thing that we don't, um, that we don't do at the end of our service, uh, every Sunday, um, and, and we will do it sometimes. We're never like a, uh, we will never do this. I tell people, I, when people say this, Tri Cities Church do, um, and they can just name it. I always say, uh, not noun or, or, or probably not, right? If it's something that we probably won't do. But I never speak with definitives about what Tri Cities Church will and will not do in the future because I just don't know the plans of the Lord. Um, and so, uh, we, we typically don't have an, a, if you're familiar with church, an, an invitation where it's the pastor stands right here and says, come to the Lord, sing just as I am or some song um, and, and ask people to come forward and give their lives to the Lord. Rather, we believe that the scriptures teach. Um, we believe that the scriptures teach that that, that can happen. Um, but we believe also that the scriptures teach that they hear the word of God read. People hear the gospel. Right. And they're compelled. We see in the scriptures people saying, what must I do to be saved? Right. They're asking those questions. They're wrestling with that. They're reading the scriptures and they're asking the questions. And so um, and so if that's you. Right. If, if you're asking those questions about. What must I do to be saved? Or I want to know more about Jesus. Hey, that card that was in your seat, the one that uh, has the information on the front and, and where you can write prayers on the back. Hey, you can check that on that card or you can write it on there if you have a question about faith. And we, we promise you we will get back in touch with you. You can also email me, Wesley at TriCitiesChurch.com or Jamie at Tri-CitiesChurch. Make sure that hyphen's in there. Tri-Hyphen. Both of those are hyphen. Tri-CitiesChurch. The TriCitiesChurch.com just wasn't available, so we couldn't get it. So Tri-CitiesChurch.com. You can email either Wesley or Jamie, um, and we promise we'll get back in touch with, with you. We'd love to be in conversation with you about faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, we believe that that's the, the, the uh, primary and even the best way that we come to faith in Jesus Christ. The scriptures say count the cost right? You can't do that if you haven't walked the road. And so the best way to count the cost is to talk to somebody that's walked that road and been there and and can challenge you and encourage you and explain to you what it looks like to follow Jesus Christ. So we'd love to be on that journey with you. If you're in a city group, um, uh, you can even talk to your city group leader or somebody else. Just talk to somebody about faith if um, if God is challenging you to move in that direction. Amen. Well, let's pray and then we'll get into our message for this morning. God, we give you thanks this morning. We give you thanks that, um, that, yeah, you brought us in this place and you've met our needs here. And you've given us the opportunity to sing songs of praise to you. God, I pray that more and more those songs of praise won't be just routine, but they'll become a part of who we are, that it won't just be us practicing religion, but it will be fostering a relationship with you, the God who sits on the throne the throne of our hearts, the throne of our lives, the God that's come to earth and made himself known. God, we thank you that we don't serve a God who's uh, just fully mysterious and, and unknown, but a God who wants to be known and has chosen to reveal himself to us in the scriptures and in this world. And so, God, we just pray that as we study the scriptures, that you will open them up to us, that they'll be like a light shining forth, that they'll speak to our lives, that we will gain understanding, not just of who you are, but what you created us to be. So, God, we thank you. We thank you. And we ask for your, you to be with us during this time this morning. It's in your son Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
All right, well, last week we began a new series that we're calling CrossFit, right? And we began this series talking about no sane person, right? I think that's what I said. No sane person begins a serious or intense workout routine just for the fun of it, right? Nobody does that, but rather they do it because there is power to be gained. Now, I work out at LA Fitness on Camp Creek, and y'all may be familiar with LA Fitness. They're all around the place. I work out at LA Fitness on Camp Creek. I'm, a, I'm an early riser. That's just the way I am. I wake up typically in the morning around 5 30 and I get up straight first thing in the morning and I go to the gym that's just part of my routine so I'm there most mornings by six o'clock right and at six o'clock in the morning in the gym it's a much different place than six o'clock in the afternoon in the gym right the people that are up early in the morning working out they are serious about being there getting in getting out getting to work or wherever they have to do but in the afternoon if you're familiar with club uh, club I almost said club Club LA, right? Um, if you're familiar with LA Fitness, right? It, it feels more like a club in there, right? People come dressed to impress. They got the smoothie bar. People got their drinks fixed, right? And they're just walking around having a good time, half of them, right? And, and it, for me, it was frustrating because I just, you know, I, I have I have life, I have a wife, I have responsibilities. I'm trying to get in and out, but if you come at six o'clock, it's just not happening, right? Because, um, because yeah, you know. Um, it's just that, that kind of place. Um, but the reality is nobody begins a serious or intense workout routine just for the fun of it, right? You might be there on the, on the elliptical or on the treadmill with your laptop, like I see some people catching up on their TV shows, but that, that, that's not serious, right? All right, so, um, so, but they do it because there's power to be gained, right? When we work out, we, we work out because there's power, there's strength to be gained. We believe that in some way that by lifting weights or running on the treadmill, we'll become faster, that we'll gain endurance, that we'll gain strength, that there's power to be gained, that there's some kind of results that are going to happen. We do it because we believe there are benefits for our lives. Maybe it's going to help us live longer or, or be stronger or live a better quality of life, right? There's something to be something to be gained. And last week we looked at the idea that there's power from God. In fact, that the cross is a symbol, that there's power from God available for us, that the cross is a symbol, that there's power of God from God available to us. And we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I think it was verse 18 that said, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the... Oh, come on. Oh, hurt my heart. Right? It is the power of God. Right? For the, for the message of the cross is foolishness to us who are being saved, but... Uh, or for, the, or for those who are perishing, it is foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of the God, so the, or power from God. So there's power in the cross for us every day. The power of the cross, in the message of the cross at least, what God did on the cross ha- should empower us to live our lives every day. In fact, the ideal of this series is that, this, that, um, that the cross helps us to live in God's power every single day of our lives. Because what did we say last week, right? Our, our physical strength has a peak, right? I'm working out, but I can only work out it. And there comes a time where all that's going to begin disintegrating and it's going to go away, right? And I'm going to begin aging and it's going to be for, for um, it may be for something, but ultimately it's going to end the same way whether we, whether we like it or not. But when spiritual fitness leads to a different kind of fitness that's long-lasting and follows us from this life into the next, right? It follows us from this life 
into the next. And so we began this series simply talking about CrossFit and how the cross makes us fit for every day. Now, a big part of CrossFit, and and this isn't the whole thing, and sometimes it gets stereotyped or characterized in a particular kind of way, but a a big part of CrossFit, the workout routine, routine, not the series, the workout routine, is a big part of it is heavy lifting, right? CrossFitters lift some heavy stuff. We talked last week about Rich Rich Froning. Um, He is the the fittest man on earth, uh, according to the CrossFit Games. For the fourth consecutive year, right, he won the CrossFit Games. And if you see, he has Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, tattooed on him, talking about he's not boasting in himself, but he's boasting in the cross, right? And and he's won this CrossFit game and has reached this, this level of fitness. But he says, I realize that in myself, that it wasn't about me and it wasn't about standing on some pedestal it wasn't about lifting myself up but it was all about lifting the name of christ up as he said i had to shift my focus right from one thing which was on being the fittest man on earth to christ and everything else began falling into place in in my life now rich froning can lift some heavy stuff right he he bent he uh deadlifts i think 545 pounds right that is insane yeah yeah and a deadlift basically means weight on the ground you live bend over pick it up right but he can pick that up he can squat 445 pounds that is an insane amount of weight that is on your body right see crossfitters lift heavy they do lift heavy weight because they know that in lifting heavy weight that it increases their bone density in fact it works out every muscle in your body right Uh, deadlift and squats are two of the kind of core exercises Um, and a lot of people miss them right because we often talk about deadlifts and characterize them as just working out our backs right? Because you're just lifting weight. But it works out almost every muscle in your body. Squats the same way. It doesn't just work out your legs, but it works out every muscle in your body. The idea here is that you lift heavy weights and it makes you stronger. In the scriptures, Jesus challenges us to lift some heavy weights, right? And I love the way that Jesus throughout the scriptures is never sugarcoating the gospel. This morning, we're in Luke chapter nine. You can go ahead and turn there. And I love this story because there's something that's neat happening here that we miss if we just read these verses that we're going to read this morning. Right At the beginning of that chapter, Jesus does this miracle right? that Jesus has become known for. And that's multiplying the fish and the bread. Right? Remember that? He had one little boy's lunch and he multiplied it and fed 5,000 people. Right, He had just performed that miracle. Now, now here's what's going on in that story. Those 5,000 people were gathered to hear Jesus speak, right? They were gathered to hear him teach. So he already had a pretty large following, would you say, right? The 5,000 people were following him, and they came to hear him teach. Well, things ran a little bit long, and they were hungry, and Jesus needed to feed these people. And so he fed those 5,000 people. You know what that did in those people's minds? It solidified their commitment to following Jesus, right? It solidified their commitment to following Jesus because they knew what? One thing, they were never going to be hungry. Right, that God was going to meet their needs. They knew that God, through Jesus Christ, would be able to do some things for them. But the problem here in this scripture is that people began thinking that following God and being faithful to Jesus was all about what God would do for me, and they missed the idea that God wants to do something through them. You see, the idea here is that in our own lives, sometimes we get so focused on what we want God to do for us. God, I need you. I need you to do this. I need you to provide this. I need you to help me in this way. We get so focused on what we want God to do for us that we miss 
what God wants to do through us, what God can do through us, what God will do through us. And so Jesus had just performed this miracle, right? He fed the 5,000 people with one little boy's lunch. And these people are like, he's going to provide for me everything I need. I'm going to follow him everywhere I go. I'll never be in need. When famine strikes, I won't be in need because I'm with the one who provides to those who are hungry. And Jesus did what he does from time to time. And sometimes I'm reading the scripture and I'm like, why are you doing that? Right? It's a good thing. They're following you. But he challenges them. He doesn't sugarcoat the realities of following Jesus. So in Luke chapter 9, I'm going to pick up in verse 23. He says this. He says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for one to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father of the holy and of the holy angels, right? But I want us to focus on that verse 23. And then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Right? He had just solidified their commitment to following him by performing this miracle. People were all in right, because they knew that God would provide. But he begins challenging them and saying, hey, there's some, some stuff you're going to have to do in this life. Right? There are some weights you're going to have to lift. Right? It's not just about receiving from God. There's some things that God wants to do through you. And he challenges us to lift some heavy weights to become spiritually strong so that the work that God wants to do through us he can do it. And so there's at least three things that I think we see in this, this passage that, that, um, that he's challenging us to do. The first thing that he's challenging us to do is to prepare our minds. We must prepare mentally for the workout that God is calling us to, right? The spiritual workout. You see, he says, deny yourself. Look back at Luke chapter 9, verse 23. He said to them, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves. He's teaching them that they have to prepare themselves first They must prepare themselves mentally for the work that God is calling them to do. Any workout routine begins by preparing ourselves mentally, right? It may be be convincing ourselves to get up out of the bed, right? That happens to me every single morning. And, 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 um, and, And that may even be just for work, but and it's particularly hard in the wintertime, right? Um, because in the wintertime, you have a nice comforter on the bed, and it's a little bit cold, and you're nice, and it's warm under the sheets. I have a hard time getting out of the bed when it's cold outside, right? But that begins in the mind, right? Willpower begins in the mind. You have to convince yourself to do it. And Jesus is teaching them, when he says, deny, them, deny yourself, he's not telling you to deny yourself just physically, but that has to begin in your mind. You have to deal with that voice in your head that's saying, I can't or I won't, right? The reality is God is calling us to do some things, right? God wants to do some things in us and through us. But God is wanting us to say, I will follow you. I lay it all down. I give myself totally to you. He puts it this way. Deny yourself. Give yourself fully over to God. And it's a powerful way to live life when we live with these lives that are fully open to to God. In fact, it can almost be a frightening way of life when we live our lives fully open to God. 
Because there's times that God will challenge us in ways to live differently, or God will challenge us in ways to do things that, that are out of ordinary of our regular way of doing. Right? And, and maybe let me just, let me, let me, uh, let me explain this just a little bit more. I'll talk about God challenging, and I'm not talking about hearing maybe a voice from God or anything like that, but I'm saying there's sometimes that something will, will, will maybe it'll enter your mind and, and you just don't know where this thought came from. And it's maybe to do something nice for someone, to do something kind for someone, or to help someone in one particular, in a particular way, right? Maybe this thought just entered your mind and you can't find any reason why this is a bad idea other than it just inconveniences you, right? It's just an inconvenience and all you can see is the inconvenience that it'll be, but this thought is kind of nagging on your mind. And here's the thing that I learned in my life before becoming more open to God, that I could tuck that thing away, right? And tuck that thing away and tuck it away. Um, and it would nag at me and nag at me till the opportunity was passed, right? But what God has challenged us to do here when he says deny yourself is live this life that's open to God. And that doesn't mean doing everything that pops in your head, but it's wrestling with, hey, is this something that God is calling me to do? Begin doing that in conversation. If you're married, do that in conversation with your spouse. If you're not, do that in conversation with friends. Do that in conversation with people that you trust. For married, I say do that in conversation with your spouse because you just run off and do something and say, God told me to do it, and your spouse is not on board. It may end poorly, right? Right. So, so be careful here, but do that in conversation, in community, because the reality is there's things that God puts on our heart, in our mind for us to do. There's things that ways that God wants to use us. But the reality is we have to deny ourselves first. Right. We have to open ourselves fully to God, get rid of that voice in our head that's saying I can't or I won't so that we can say I will if it is the Lord's will. I will. If it's the Lord's will. And so we live this life that we're constantly open to the reality that this might just be the Lord's will. It might really inconvenience me. It might really be difficult for me. But this just might be the Lord's will. And I'm going to investigate it because I want to follow the Lord. So the first thing that Jesus is teaching us is that in this life, we have to lift some heavy weights if we're going to become spiritually strong. And if we're going to become, if we're going to lift heavy weights, then we must prepare ourselves in the, in the, in our minds. We must prepare our minds for it. And if we're going to prepare our minds for it, we got to deny ourselves and be open to whatever God wants us to do. Right. And then we'll experience God's power to do powerful things through us. So the first thing we're going to do when we get spiritually strong is, is deny ourselves. Second thing we have to do is we have to pick up some weights. We have to pick up some weights. Jesus puts it this way. Look back at Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. It says, then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Right. Jesus says, take up your cross. We must pick up some weights. Now, the cross was not, um, and we might have talked about this last week, Jesus was not the first one crucified on the cross. In fact, thousands were crucified on the cross. And kind of the common way of dying on the cross was that you were forced to carry your cross to the hill where you would die and they would crucify you, hang you on that cross that you just carried. And they would do it on a hill so people would look up and they would see that this person died for their punishment, right? As a punishment for whatever they did. And the idea was that that would, uh, that that would, uh, that, that would, that would, 
dissuade anybody that was thinking about doing the same thing, right? You just saw this guy hung on a cross for doing whatever, and you, you don't want to do the same thing because you don't want to have the same fate that he has, right? And so that's kind of the way the cross worked, but the cross was heavy. In fact, Jesus didn't carry his own cross because it was heavy for him. They had to get assistance. They pulled a man aside to help Jesus carry, carry the cross because it's so, so heavy. And so Jesus says, carry your cross, take up your cross, right? He's telling us to lift some heavy weight. So just don't prepare your mind mentally and say, God, I'll do it. But prepare yourself physically and begin lifting your cross. Now, this is the way that we typically interpret this ideal of cross, right? You might have heard someone say, that's just my cross to bear. And often we look at the cross as though it's that thing that comes upon us unexpectedly, right? And that's just my cross to bear. I lose my job. That's just my cross to bear. My car breaks down like mine did, right? That's just my cross to bear, right? Or a relationship goes south. That's just my cross to bear. But what Jesus is teaching is something a little bit different. Right? He talks about the cross as though it's something that we willingly take up. Right? Look at what he says. He says, take up your cross daily. And so, yeah, this is true. There are bad things that happen in this world that we had no control over. And God is calling us to handle those as people with spiritual maturity, right? To trust God through it, right? To believe that he's able to bring us through those difficult times. To believe that he's able to shelter us in a time of storm and strengthen us in a time of hardship. But our cross that we bear is something that we take up, that we choose to lift up in this life. It's the thing that we choose for ourselves in this life is what we choose to do for God. If we look in Galatians chapter 5, there's this powerful passage there. Often it's uh, known as the, the scripture about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the work of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Right? And, and in Galatians chapter 5, and I'm going to read for you verse, uh, verse 22 in Galatians chapter 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit let us not I and mean, this might be reading further than the screen oh no i'm not let us not become conceited provoking and envying one another's but it lists out this fruit of the spirit these things that are good things to do those are our crosses to bear because the reality is sometimes it's difficult to show love it's difficult to have joy in the midst of this life it's difficult to find peace it's difficult to have patience to be kind and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness those things are difficult and those are the weights that god is calling us to pick up and lift every single day of our lives now what i love about this passage is often we jump straight to that and we miss what came before it in, in, um, in verse 19, look at what it says. It says, the acts of the flesh are, and let me talk about this right before we read these. Um, because the acts of the flesh, we're talking about denying yourself. These are the things we got to loose ourselves from before we try to pick up these weights, right? Because here's the way that we live our lives often. We try to have both, right? We, we, um, we, do, our, we do our religious duty, right? We show up to church. We do some acts of kindness. Um, we, we love some folks. 
Um, we smile when we're out in public, right? We live our life in that kind of way. But at the same way, way at time, it's like living a double life, right? Because these acts of the flesh are still having rule and reign in our lives. And what God is calling us to do, deny yourself, put these things down, and then pick up some of these other weights. So listen to what it says, put down. It says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. We don't use that word. Um, it means like an indulgence, right? Overindulgence, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions. That's like a division, being a divisive kind of person. Um, uh, so dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what he's telling us is this, right? That we can't have it both ways, right? We can't live in two different worlds. If we're ever going to become spiritually strong, there's some things that we got to put down and then there's some weights that we have to lift, right? There's some things that we have to rid our lives of and then there's some things that we have to pick up. You see, he says, carry your cross, right? Lift these heavy weights, pick them up and you'll find yourself getting stronger. The third thing that he tells us to do is that we got to do something with them. So we have to prepare ourselves in our mind. We have to lift some weight. And then we got to do something. We got to do something with it. Listen to what he says again in Luke chapter 9, verse, verse 23. He says, um, Then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Right? They must deny themselves, take up the cross, lift the weight, and then they got to follow me. They got to do something with it. Now, this is one of my things because exercise, and you may have heard this and you may have even experienced it. Exercise can be um, one of the best things that you do, and it can also be one of the most dangerous things that you do, especially when you're lifting heavy weight. When I don't know if any of us are lifting heavy weight like Rich Franny, uh, 500 pounds can cause some serious, some serious injury and pain, right? That, that could be a lifelong injury right there. Um, so exercise can be one of the best things for us, but it can also be one of the most dangerous things if we don't do it with the right form. In fact, before I go to the gym, a lot of times I'll get up in the morning and I'll watch some YouTube videos, right? Because I want to get the exercise right. It's actually the reason why they have mirrors in the gym, right? It's not so that these muscle heads can stand in the mirror and admire themselves, although that's typically the way it, it, it works out. But it's not for that purpose, right? It, it, it's so that we can watch our form and get it get it right you see the reality is we watch somebody else and we can we can mimic them and that's what jesus is challenging us to do when he says follow me right he's saying watch the way i do it watch the way i've done it and mimic me try to do what i do live your life the way i've lived my life mimic me follow me do it right with the right form or you'll end up hurting yourself and hurting others. You see, the scriptures are challenging us not just to pick up these weights, but to follow, to follow Jesus. In other words, not just to have this facade or this, um, this mask that we appear when we're out in public or we appear when we're around our Christian friends or we appear when we're gathered with the church, that we appear to be following him, but that we actually follow him with right form, that we're constantly working on our form. We're constantly trying to get it right. Because the reality is we can lift weight all day long. And if we're just lifting weights, we're not going to become strong unless we do it with the right form. 
Form is everything. Jesus says, follow me. Learn to do things the way that I've done it. This is why it's important for a number of reasons. One, to be a part of the church on a consistent basis. Right? Because it's in the church that we are able to learn about Jesus and how he lived his life. And it's also in the church that we're able to watch others who have walked this road a long time before us. One of the things that made me really uncomfortable when I first started going to the gym is I would sit back and I would watch these guys. And I just didn't want to, like, you know, I, I didn't want to be staring at somebody that's, like, much bigger and stronger than I was, right, and uh, could, could, uh, could hurt me easily. Um, but, but I would watch these guys, and I, I remember actually this one time, this guy that I would watch at the gym um, kind of pulled me aside and decided that he wanted to, in a sense, kind of mentor me, right, show me a couple of things. And he was showing me these things that I had done wrong for a long, long time, right? And every time he would correct me, right? And I would give him permission to correct me, and he would correct me more. And then I kind of got frustrated because he's correcting me a little bit too much, right? Felt like I wasn't doing anything. But he would correct me more, and he would correct me and correct me and correct me till I, till I got it right, right? There was something key that he did in my life and that I did in that relationship, right? That was that I gave him permission to do that. You see, this walk that we walk with Christ and this walk that we walk with one another in the church, right, we must be willing to give people permission to speak into our lives, right, so that we can correct our form together. And as people give us permission to speak into their lives, we must be willing to do that so that we as a community can be becoming more like Christ every day. You see, there's a road that God has called us to. And the only way we can walk that road, the only way we can correct our form, the only way we can lift the heavy weights and do it right and gain spiritual strength is together. You see, there's four things, three things, four things, something that happens when we do this. And I, we'll see how many we have, right? The first thing that happens is that we get stronger, right? right? When we find ourselves lifting these heavy weights, we get stronger. When you do it day after day, you get stronger. And here's the, here's the thing, and you might have experienced this even just working out in the gym, right? That first week back in the gym is always the hardest because what do you see? No results and you feel all the pain, right? It's nothing but pain and you don't see any results. But over time, we find that we get stronger and it makes it worth it. And you begin developing a habit because you experience those benefits that we talked about, the idea that there's power to be gained and that power becomes real power in your life and you find yourself getting Stronger. Second thing we do is we gain confidence, right? It's that before, it's like, there's no way I could lift that. But we gain confidence that I'm able to do that if I just work at it and I try and I develop the ability and I develop the skill to do it. The third thing that happens is that we we learn that pain, that our our pain, um, that we embrace our pain as a way to strength, as a way to power. And so we begin not looking at pain and hardship and trouble is, is something negative, um, but it's actually God working something, working something in us. And so we develop a different perspective on pain and hardship, right? The more we work out, the more we lift weights, the more we work out spiritually. And the final thing that we see happening is we learn to trust God more. Right? I love the way that we sang that song, I'll Trust You. Because the reality is God is taking us on a journey from this place where we get to this point where we say, God, I'll trust you. And then we get to a point in the midst of a storm on the other side and we say, God, it is well. We're at one place where we say, God, I will trust you. Future tense. In the future, God, I will trust you. And then in the midst of it, we're able to say, 
it is well. And in that space in between, God has been making us stronger. In that space in between, God is making us stronger. Not because we're sitting on the sofa, spiritually speaking, that is. And not because we're sleeping in every morning, spiritually speaking, that is. Um, but because we're devoting ourselves to our spiritual workout, to spiritual fitness, because we're lifting these weights, because we're showing love and kindness and joy and peace and patience, because those things are being manifested in our lives, no matter how hard it is in the middle of what we're going through. We're lifting those spiritual weights, and God is faithful, and we're becoming stronger. And so we say, I'll trust you. And we continue to devote our self to the way of the Lord. And then we say, God, it is well, and you have carried me through this. That's the journey that God wants us to be on. And in the process, God wants to do something powerful in us and through us. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks this morning that you've you have called us to this, this road, this journey, this walk with you. And God, we thank you more than anything that it's not a lonely road. That you've called us to be in community. To be in community with you and with one another. And so, God, I just pray that more and more that you will strengthen our trust on, on this side of things. God, that you will help us to trust you and believe that you're able on this side of things. And when we're in the middle of a storm and when the rain is pouring and all we can see is dark clouds ahead. When darkness seems to have descended from the heavens, God, may we pray and say it is well with my soul because I'm not in control. God, may we give up full control to you that we might truly pray it is well and trust you to take care of us. It's in your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, communicate.